When I think about sustainability, as an educator, I think about some deep thoughts. And sometimes things happen when you're really not planning on it. For example, the other night I went to see the movie Yesterday. And this is a wonderful movie. And I'm going to talk about some metaphors before I get into my talk about classroom management because this movie reminded me on many levels about what it takes to become inspired as a person, what it takes to live your dream, and what it takes to really be true to yourself. Because I think of this movie, and if you haven't seen it yet, I hope not to make it a quote, spoiler alert, but to open your mind to a movie that talks about the great what if. And if you're trained in Bloom's taxonomy, you'll know that what if is the quintessential meeting of minds with kids that ask them to imagine if something were different and ask them to stretch their mind and go another level. And this movie has a very ambivalent feature to it where uh, the protagonist gets into a situation where he just can't get past certain obstacles and something happens to him that changes his paradigm and changes his thoughts. And the great what if is before him. What if there were no Beatles? What if there were no Coca-Cola? What if the world was different? And something happens to him whereby he's channeled to write this great music of the Beatles and suddenly his whole world changes. And there's a plot within the plot about inspiration and about being humble. They have Ed Sheeran doing a part where Ed Sheeran becomes second to this person, this protagonist, this bumbling hero who finds himself in great spaces and places through this music that's being channeled through him. And Ed Sheeran becomes like the humble uh, recipient of letting the new uh, artist shine through. And there's some subplots within the subplot, the sort of the struggle that Ed Sheeran went through as an on, he came through certain channels online and didn't become a recording artist so instantaneously. And how does this relate to teaching? So inspiration comes from places where we don't expect it to. And sometimes we try to stay in the box when it comes to teaching and we do what our school programs us to do or society programs us to do. And when teaching students with disabilities, that's never the case. We always have to rely upon our intuition, flashes of inspiration, knowledge, and experience, wisdom from our mentors, and time-tested strategies to make up a good classroom management plan. But before we even do that, we have to think about how we want to be as human beings. Uh, do we want to be uh, lifelong discoverers of learning? Do we want to allow ourselves open and vulnerable to make mistakes? Do we want to continue on this road so we have some sustainability as an educator and as a human being? Or do we want to fall prey 
to the programming that is in uh, modern schools where you have to conform. And as a, uh, as a baby boomer and as a product of that generation, I can say that I've been lucky to stumble upon some good things in my life, but I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And sustainability means being able to work through the mistakes, to learn from them, and to also be able to deal with confrontation with people and conflict. And I think of this movie as the character walks through his own inner conflict and conflict with his uh, inability to connect with a woman and to find his career as something that many of us go through in the first stages as an educator, this like not knowing and feeling awkward and feeling like we're going to fail and not really make it. And I think of this song, Beautiful Boy by John Lennon, which he's written for his son, uh, Sean. And uh, life happens when you're busy making other plans. And although we can make the best plans for our classroom and make our best plans for our life, there are some things that are just not sustainable. So we want to make sure that we get ourselves into a position where we're in a sustainable and valuable uh, educational experience for our students for our parents, for our coworkers, but also for ourselves. So if we don't nurture ourselves, not just by the surface things that we do, like buying ourselves a gift or exercising or eating right, at least we can find some solace in improving ourselves and getting better. And also, there are some things that we have choices about. So what are those things? I believe that teachers can, any kind of classroom management plan can work, any style, any format. So as long as we're aware of our audience and the effectiveness on it and whether it's feasible for the culture that we work in and whether it's working. So thinking out a classroom management plan is more than just a plan. It's about changing the culture around us. It's around finding value in our students, and it's about finding value in ourselves. It's not just enough to keep nurturing and nurturing and not getting anything back. If we're not getting anything back, we have to ask ourselves why not getting anything back from our students, but not getting any return for our fruits of our labor. And so we can look at our environment. Are we in the right environment? Are we keeping a reflective journal and taking stock of our behaviors and actions? Are we making sure that we connect with students each and every day? Randall Sprick states that you should provide students with non-contingent attention at least three times a day. So if you're putting money and investing in something positive like saying hello, greeting the students at the door, making sure that you ask them some questions, maybe having a class meeting or a restorative circle, then you're making an investment in the students. And then when something happens, you're bound to get a little more, uh, you're bound to get a little farther, a little more out of it if you've already made this investment in creating positive community and creating relationships with your students. So I think about that, the bigger picture in the sense that 
what I get inspired to do as an educator might come through me through different channels, from channels that I read or flashes of inspiration. Uh, but it, what, what it won't come to me as is a, a reprimand from my supervisor or maybe an old habit pattern from the way that I was brought up. Uh, or the way that I was taught in school. It was a different generation, a different time. Punishment was part of the culture then. It wasn't good nor bad. I'm sure it was bad, but it was part of the culture and it was the lifestyle. I remember being in my first days of school where kids were sent out in the hall or put in the corner or sent, put gum on their nose or whatever. But those days are long gone and teachers are not only not allowed to do that, it's been proven that it doesn't work. So when we think about a classroom management system, we don't just want to think about punishment as a, uh, as a go-to, but we want to think about consequences that matter to students, and we want to think about building uh, a foundation so that students understand when they don't follow the rules what will happen as a result, the logical consequences that will happen after the natural consequences. So the natural consequences are what will happen naturally. For example, if I get up late, I may miss the bus. That's a natural consequence. A logical consequence is my boss might duck me. So teach that translated to the classroom is if a student calls out, and he continues to call out, he's going to not listen and he's going to miss something important that is being said. That's a natural consequence. A logical consequence is if he continues to call out or she continues to call out, they might get points deducted. They might not get positive points for the day. So that's a logical consequence. But we have to think about whether our logical consequences are logical and whether they work in terms of the students that we teach. There is no one right answer, but there's an answer that works for our particular students. For example, if you're giving a consequence that has little meaning to a student, then it's not going to work. For example, if you say, I'm going to not allow you to go on the field trip, some students might say, oh, good, I don't want to go on that field trip anyway. That means I have to talk to somebody else. On That means I have to get out of my comfort zone, or I don't like museums, or something along that line. Uh, or I get to stay in school and just do nothing for the day and not have to go on a yellow bus. So that's not a logical consequence. So I think about these flashes of inspiration that come through me when I'm relaxing, when I'm reflecting. And as a teacher, I have to reflect back on whether my consequences worked, whether my plan is a good one, or whether life is busy happening as I plan it. And if I plan it and life happens, then I can always readjust. As uh, Randall Sprick also states, a classroom management plan is there to be readjusted. And we have to look at our plans often to see if they need uh, readjusting. So um, back to inspiration for a minute. I think that if you're a new teacher, you, Sometimes it's easy to get inspired by just the, the motivation to start teaching and to change the world and to, to make a difference with students. And sometimes it's easy to 
to get discouraged on those days when the supervisor is being unkind or the kids are acting out or the parents are calling in there. They might be accusing or blaming or the commute really stinks and you're stuck in traffic or there's lots of paperwork to finish and not enough time or you're sitting in a boring meeting. But try to visualize the big picture and why you got into the profession in the first place. And it's not only the summer vacation, by the way. It's the good feeling that you get when students graduate and they contact you back and they found a job or they've changed their behavior and they thank Miss So-and-so for that. That's a really great feeling. If you're in mid-career and you're feeling sluggish, think about all the things that you did that were positive. Think about all the the people that you affected and think about what you might want to do in terms of your own career. It doesn't always mean meeting, uh, le- leading up or moving up to leadership. Sometimes it can mean changing your scenery and moving on to a different setting or uh, approaching education in, in a different manner, finding a different approach. So think about that flash of inspiration to keep you going, that sustainability. What gets you motivated? Maybe you just work with a great group of people and you have a great family relationship and bond, and that's fantastic. And that needs to sustain you to your retirement years. Something needs to sustain you other than the, the the paycheck or the benefits, because that's not, you've seen those, the, that person or those people in your environment. And it's not, it's not pretty to become that kind of a person. And when that happens, it's kind of time to move on because kids deserve better. You deserve better. And, uh, and, and we all have choices. And if you're at the end of your career, you can pat yourself on the back and look back at what you did well and where you're going to transition next. There's a lot of different formats of education. It doesn't just have to be in the K through 12 setting. There's writing, there's publishing, there's uh, consulting, there's tutoring, there's adjunct work. There's so much to look forward to. Or you can just retire and have a different career altogether and use your teaching skills. Those are leadership skills. So I'd like to end with talking about the fact that I've had a great sustainable career, even through the lumps and the bumps and the tremendous obstacles and not so big obstacles. And I owe it to um, finding creative and inspirational ways and approaches to work with students and work within myself. Again, have a great day.